You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Geek Card Check-In. This is the week of September 29th. I'm really excited to be able to dive in to this week in geek. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. It looks like we are talking about a whole bunch of different things that's making us excited. Uh, it is it's our regular old check-ins, our bi-weekly, just you know what's making us extra geeky this week. Um, so let's uh, let's kick it off. Kate, what is making you geeky this week? Well, first of all, books because yes, books. We like books. All three of us love books here on this podcast. I think I am the, the one who is the, the furthest down on that list. I choose my books very carefully, and uh, I make sure that they're of highest quality. Kate, Kate I and I are just them. very loose about our books. You we'll just, just read any book that comes our way. Chris is really the connoisseur of books. I, I, yeah. I am the connoisseur. T- Tyler only <laughs> teaches them, and I yeah. only stock libraries. Yeah, that's, so that's we can't compete we just, with Chris. Any nope. book, we're just ready to go. <laughs> they Chris. always come to me and say, Chris, is this going to be a good one? And I say, listen, I haven't read that one, so you know what that means. There you go. There you go. It's garbage. <laughs> well, I have okay, three tell more. Us- Tell to us. add to the list of garbage. I mean, great things that everybody should take Excellent. note of. <laughs> um, so nice. we have talked about the film company A24 on the podcast before. And they yes, have announced have. Uh, via their Twitter feed that three of their films will be receiving the limited edition book treatment. Those films are huh. Ex Machina, which was our most recent um, podcast uh, film coverage, The Witch, and Moonlight, which you might know as this, you know, Academy Award winning, apparently important film to some people, right? Wow. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's a, it's an important film. It's a big film. I, I'm surprised that it's only those two. Maybe this is just a test. Three. Oh, there's three. I'm sorry. Maybe this is uh, surprised that this is maybe just like a test run um, at these because A24 is... I would I would say downright literary in what they put out, uh, and and you could probably find any number of their films that could be that could be released um, in book form. And and uh, did you do any more research? Are, are these um, scripts or are these novels? Did we what did we decide? Um, all information points to them not being novelizations. Good. I would I would kind of hope not. But, um, but how much script is involved is a bit unclear. They have listed mostly what the special content is. So there are uh, essays. There are oh. uh, co- There's concept art. There's some sketches. Uh, some of them have short well, fiction cool. included. They're, they're like coffee table books. Is that what they are? They've got a lot of like you know yeah. additional content. They're kind of like bonus. Back. I used to have a lot of these growing up. I had one for the Lucasfilm that ha- mm. had like the Indiana Jones yeah. and Star Wars in them and like yeah. talk a lot about like behind the scenes stuff because there was no internet back then mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. It was so well, you know, You're well so done and put together. You're so old, Chris. No internet? <laughs> Before the internet? I mean, technically wow. same for me, but you know. <laughs> anyway. I'm, actually, gonna, there I'm was... not going to say any more words tonight. I can't believe. <laughs> Stop attacking me for my age. <laughs> you ageists. <laughs> Um, so, 
Uh, so anyway, they are expected to run about 225 pages a piece, and they will... I thought you were about to say I dollars, I <laughs> and I was like, uh, never mind, not buying any of those. <laughs> Whoa. Books are These not are really limited much. edition. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposed to launch on their, uh, the store on their website on the 30th, which should be tomorrow, which is, uh, what, the day this podcast Should be the air. day of release for this podcast, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's cool. So, um, so we shall see if they are every bit as amazing as A24's history suggests. Um, but if you want the specifics of what's going to be in each book, it's available via a link on their Twitter feed. The Verge also covered it, which is where I first saw the news story. So, um, That's cool. I had a second piece of of um, uh, news to cover today. There is a new documentary on netflix called inside bill's brain and in this case bill's brain is specifically referring to bill gates um the film was done by um, a documentarian that you all may be familiar with uh his name is davis guggenheim and he is known for doing waiting for superman uh oh, Malala, sure. an inconvenient truth so yeah. he's got a bit of a pedigree going on there Oh, interesting. Um, I, a, I knew, other than I saw the banner for it on Netflix, I, I didn't know anything about it. So it, so it's worth watching. What, what's its premise? Is it just is it just a biopic, or what's its premise? So it is three episodes around an hour long each. Oh, it's a miniseries, a docu-series. Oh. It is, correct. And it is like the others in that it's he takes an unusual approach, but not like the others in that... Um, it sprinkles biographical information throughout, but that's really not the point of it. Like, you don't come away going, I really have great insight into Bill Gates yeah. um, anymore. So each docu- uh, each episode of the docuseries focuses topically on things that he is uh, really investing in today. So, you know, uh, sanitation oh. issues, nuclear uh, power, vaccines, etc., and that tends to be the framing for the episode. But then you have um, interviews and conversations with people in his life. It'll flash back to, hey, here's his mom, who was super important in his life. We get lots of time with uh, his wife, Melinda, who is fascinating. And a couple times totally sure. stages him. She's really cool. Um, so it's if you're looking for a history of Microsoft, this is not it. If you are looking for, and Bill Gates was born on this day, and his next door neighbors were, that's yeah. not that's not this. Um, the personal is huh. interspersed with how he thinks about the world, how he solves problems, how he's looking at the big issues of today and trying to decide how to use his resources hmm. to address those, who he goes to to get that done, what that that process looks like. Um, so if that sort of thing really interests you, um, his holistic approach to problem solving the issues of our world, this is something that you should really enjoy. If you wanted to come away from this going, I now know why he flunked clarinet lessons. I'm making that up. I don't know if you ever played clarinet. Um, you're not going to find that out. Um, it You, you huh. do get his sense of humor. You give a real sense of his drive, his complexity. Uh, as a human being, but also just the way he thinks. Um, Melinda apparently had a good laugh over the title of the documentary because she considers what goes on inside his brain not so much fascinating as chaos. Um, uh, yeah. Th- there's just so much there. Um, so anyway, I found it a really interesting watch. Um, I would say, though, um, 
it could have used a bit more focus. I think uh, Guggenheim mm-hmm. was so interested in Bill that he didn't qu- it, it didn't really cohere as fully as I wanted, but it was definitely interesting and uh, worth a lot of people's times, even if you love Apple. Come on now. I can I can forgive. I, fe- I can. Forgive I feel like that, that was. You know? I feel like that was aimed uh, at me. Like I felt. I ugh. felt. I felt targeted personally. Kate. I, I mean, I, I'm, I can't I'm with help you, Kate. I've got. Feel. Or I sorry, I'm with you. I should have said I'm with you, Chris. I'm definitely not with Kate on that one. I'm. I, we are recording this on my MacBook Pro. My uh, Mac <laughs> Mini is sitting right here. I'm holding. Actually, you probably heard the beep because I forgot to turn it off way earlier. My, oh my iPhone gosh. is sitting right here. Wow. Chris, I support you. All right. Tyler, cool. I am recording on my no, MacBook no, no. too. My no, microphone no. is sitting on my Chromebook. My no. Linux machine is behind me. I am very no. comfortable across the spectrum. If you're sensitive, that's on you. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, boy. Right. No, that's fascinating. I, I really love uh, Bill Gates's yearly book list he puts out. Yes. Last year, mm-hmm. he recommended, uh, I think I may have talked to you guys about this. I can't remember. Uh, Bad Blood, um, mm-hmm. which is was the was the book all about the Theranos blood um system that uh basically scammed the world of medicine yeah um it's a fascinating book if you've not read bad blood i, I know would of highly it, recommend that well, oh my one, gosh in one of these episodes i won't tell you which one so you have to watch it they do talk about what he reads and bad blood is even one of the books you see in the stack for when they filmed that so oh nice and they nice. talk about his yeah that weekly was... th- or his yearly think week too so b- books are involved there as well Huh. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I mean, of course, you know, he, he's a he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. So he has mm-hmm. unique access and unique vision yeah. that no one else does. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can say what you want about, you know, that, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a unique thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. It would be interesting. I saw that advertised on Netflix and I'll give it a go because that does sound like something would be up my alley to at least, you know, chew on a bit and say, yeah. oh, wh- where is he coming from? What's his yeah. perspective? That's fascinating. And I will say something that's nice about this is there's been a lot of ink spilled about him and Microsoft and what's important there. And for this documentary to focus on important things that need to be done in the world, I think that's a really great use of his platform rather than just going, hey, this cool guy who did these things and made this money and you don't really get any more than that. Well, I would suspect that he wouldn't want a documentary made about Microsoft or just his life himself. Just knowing, knowing his focus and what he, what he cares about too. Um, I got to go to what? Well, no, no, I just, again, what he looks like, what he sounds like in the news. And I I got to go to the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation last year for our, um, I I teach in Washington state at a school and our, uh, we did not know this. Oh yeah. No, it's, I no, and none of this is by way of me, of, me, of me saying like, oh, and then I saw Bill walking into an elevator. Like it was, uh, but just we were we were on a, a field trip, and and uh, that was part of our day in Seattle. We went to uh, we went to a cathedral in Seattle, and then we went headed over to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and it was it was fascinating um, to to just be at that place where uh, there's like a little uh, museum slash sort of. I, I hesitate to call it a showroom or even a museum. It really is just here are all of our projects that we're working on around the mm-hmm. world and information mm-hmm. on them um, with like prototypes for a bunch of the stuff that his foundation is doing. It was really, really intriguing um, to see. So Yeah, yeah. His, his the Gates Foundation benefits public libraries. I work for a public library and we get like our new public use terminals for people to use who don't have internet access, et cetera. Yeah. Gates Foundation pays for that for us. So. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily it, a conflict of in fact, interest I think here, our computer lab at our school got donated yeah. by, by the, the Bill Gates Foundation. Yeah, yeah they do a lot of good work. 
Yeah. Yeah, the computer I'm looking at right now was donated by the. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your MacBook. Uh, He's like, I have you know no what, connection to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> Chris is, is systematically actually cut out uh, Bill Gates from his I life. I do not want your money, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Kate, was that was that about everything for you, or did you have anything else? That was me for this week. Wonderful, Chris. What's yeah. making you geeky? Well, what was old is new again. <laughs> I recently downloaded this last week uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link's wow. Awakening. Oh, that wow. takes me so, back. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you guys are familiar or not, but this was a is originally a Game Boy game that came yeah. uh, came out. I think almost in '93, I believe. I was I was thinking '92, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it, it originally started off as like a side project uh, in, at Nintendo. They were wanting to make a Game Boy version of a Link to the Past, which was right. on the Super Nintendo, and it so slowly became its own thing. It is a trippy, weird, strange game, and very often is among the top, listed as among the top uh, highest rated Zelda games. And I had never played it because I never was really a Zelda fan growing up. I was more of a, I don't know, I don't know. I just never really fell into that that genre. And so I just missed it. I missed it the first time. I never owned um, uh, the, the, the next version of it, which was the Link's Awakening DX version. Um, Never, I didn't see that at all. But this past week, a completely refreshed, redone, uh, new, fresh coat of paint uh, version for the Nintendo Switch came out. Um, And I have been playing the heck out of this game. (laughs) And it's amazing to me. So this this game, this this remake, if you want to call it that, is it it's a direct one to one um mirroring of the original game so everything that's on the game boy version is in the switch version it's all the tiles are the same it just has it looks new it looks like a brand new game but it plays so well Mm -hmm. it is it feels like a game that came out this past year Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel old it doesn't feel um like it's you know caught in the past or done something you know that that you know it, it really is doing some amazing things i am quite enjoying it I'm, I'm quite amazed at what they've been able to pull off it looks great it plays great my kids have watched me play uh, a couple hours of it uh, they are fascinated by the game and i can't recommend it more you know I, I feel like last time we were on here i talked about the super nintendo games yeah uh, that came out for switch and this is in that same vein it's like a a, a a blast from the past, but it is, it feels new. What was old is now new, and it is, it's pretty incredible. Um, and uh, I'm having a good time with it. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. That's really all I have to say about it, other than if you haven't played it before, you really should. It is worth your time and your money. It's really good. Great so times. it is more successful than Disney's live action remakes of their previous properties. I mean, in, I would say, Here's the deal. Okay, you know what? You're opening up something here. <laughs> I know you were like, <laughs> I know, I know. This was just a, a thing that you said, but I've actually been enjoying those too. I, I here, here's the thing. The 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 old versions of both the Disney films and the Zelda games are still available. Mm-hmm. So if you love those, you can kill. You can still play them. They're mm-hmm. still available and they're still wonderful. That's great. They're exactly the way that you remember them. Mm-hmm. However. If you would like to revisit them with a fresh coat of paint, 
They're also available. You can hate them or you can love them. And that's fine. It's okay. It doesn't need we don't it doesn't need to divide us, ladies and gentlemen, is what I'm saying. Let's come together in in, in this spirit of enjoyment. And if you don't really love it, that's okay. You're fine. You don't have to love the Lion King. You can oh, it's think okay, it's, I it's don't. horrible. I haven't seen it yet, so I have no opinion. I yet. I had a great time. Just go watch I a nature a, documentary and then watch I Lion think, King. I think a, the new Aladdin movie was wonderful. I didn't see it. I think it. it was so good. Lion King, bleh, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Bleh. But Link's Awakening, genuinely amazing. Like, See, I, that's I would, what I, I was trying to get out of you was that. Yes. Yeah. This this is this is this is heads and 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 th- there's a reason why this game is available this way, and it is so true to the original, and that is because the game somehow mechanically, even though it's the same, you're doing the exact same movements mechanically worked in 1993 just as well as it does in 2019 and almost better right now it feels like a new game which is super impressive to me um so anyway that's that's what i have to say i i I have a great i'm having a great time one of the other things i was going to mention real fast because i I feel like I, i fall in the same pigeonhole every single time that i talk here but i just um also subscribe to apple's arcade (laughs) Which is oh, I was curious um, if you were going to do that. Yeah, I think it's like four ninety nine a month, and you get access to these curated, no in app purchases um, games, and that's what I love. I don't, I, w- I, I have never spent money on any in app purchases for any video game no. in my life. I despise it. I think it's terrible. Uh, you know, loot boxes, all mm-hmm. that stuff, garbage. I refuse Total to reward garbage. the awful design that comes from that. Yes, absolutely. I would rather pay a high price at the beginning and just have the game rather than have to be nickel and dimed as I play. I just read Ridiculous. a book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I, Any right. old book will do. <laughs> Any old There's book. no in-app purchases in my books. Can, can you imagine doing like a... a, a a choose your own adventure and like every oh, page it's like, if you want to go to the next one, you got to uh, put in a quarter. That would be like the worst. But that's what this is like. Yeah. A lot of these games are just like that. You get invested, and then you're like, "You mean to continue? I I have to get the this kind of crystal that's this currency so that I can use it on that currency so that I can eventually go to the next." So 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 so, so dumb. Anyway, it's really great. My girls um, have been playing this game called Sneaky Sasquatch. Mm. Um, that sounds good. It's fantastic. It is. Fantastic. They've been playing it on our Apple TV with an Xbox controller because now you can link up wow. an Xbox controller to a That's Microsoft Apple TV. with uh, with Apple, which is a little freaky there. Well, you think- no, Sony, you can do you can take a PlayStation 4. I just I just oh, have wow. Xboxes. So yeah. you can take a PS4 controller and link it up to your Apple TV and play these arcade games. Wow. Um, I really think Apple is doing something pretty sneaky here. Um It'll be interesting to see in a year from now what they do with this mm-hmm. because there are some platformers that were going to be on Switch or feel like they should have been on Switch or on these other platforms, and now they're exclusive to um, Arcade. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty great. I mean, it's almost like, like I said, you can play it on a controller on your television using Apple TV. Then you can pick up exactly where you just were on your iPad or on your phone and continue to play. Oh, that's um, cool. 
pretty sneaky and smart of them. And if they continue to get really good content, yeah. really mm-hmm. good games, mm, they might they they could have something here. So anyway, I'm 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 enjoying that. So Link's Awakening and Apple Arcade, two winners uh, in mm. in my book this week. Awesome. Jeez. Well, that's cool, huh? Well, for me, um, I've been reading a bunch, but uh, I I just read just to continue with the, some of us being very literate in our, our book our book theme <laughs> Listen, for today. I only read the best books. <laughs> I read the best books because I'm the the best. Have reader. you read Dune? What? Have you read oh, Dune? You need to read Dune. So what? Bad. What do you, I don't. I think we need to do. That's an episode down the road. But I don't think you've read all the best books yet. Just putting that out there. I just. I I was just joking. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I read Andromeda Strain this morning, and that was fun. Oh, Um, in preparation for the new one. In preparation for the new one, I'd seen it already. Wait, wait, I'd read it already, but I I reread it this morning. Say that again. Stop. Full stop. Yeah. Say the sentence that you just said again to me. I read Andromeda Strain today. You read the entire book in one day. Yeah, it's like 250 pages, and it's easy. It's not like Jurassic Park, which is longer and more compl- complex. That's like but two then days you said something Tyler. else. But then you said something else after that. What was the... In preparation for Andromeda Evolution, the the new one. We, we talked we about talked this on about here. this on the pod before. No, I have not. I, I'm I was very not here. sure. I Hold was on. not here. I was not on this episode. I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, Please. the three of us yeah. have talked about this before. Because I'm going to go with that. That, that nope. the guy who wrote Robopocalypse, Daniel Wilson, is going to be Chris. Are you having a Tyler moment? I am I am drinking some wine this evening. <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, wow. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so Andromeda Evolution is coming out, and it's, it's by Daniel H. Wilson. I did not plan on talking about this today, but... but seems like we need to. <clears throat> so uh, we uh, Daniel H. Wilson is writing the sequel. He wrote Robopocalypse. He wrote uh, – there's something else that I'm forgetting that he wrote that I really liked. He did uh, – he edited an anthology um, uh, called Robot Uprisings with uh, with Joe uh, – what's his name again? Uh, John Joseph Adams. Adams. Yeah. Uh, and so it, which is a, a anthology of short stories about robot uprisings. It's, it's, uh, intriguing, intriguing. Um, he's a, he's a really interesting writer and he's from the Pacific Northwest. So, um, you know, go him. Uh, so anyway, I read Andromeda Strain just getting ready. Guys, I am so, I'm so excited about this. I can't even, oh, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. I, 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 we did not, we have not talked. I have not heard this. I, I, I must've not been paying attention. Because Michael Crichton's my favorite author of all time, guys. I know. Which That's is why, why I'm I very sure we talked about it. <laughs> no, no, you did not. You are not a good friend. So, Tyler, what we learned is that if, it Chris, if Chris really was not on that episode, then he does not go back and listen to the episodes Chris he's not on. Chris doesn't listen to our episodes when we when he's not on them. I get it. That's fine. Um, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, no, so that means next time he's not on, Tyler, we should just say a We're bunch talking of about him next time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, now I'm becoming happening. paranoid. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so that was not in any way my plan to talk about that. Uh, so I, uh, I watched Ad Astra last week, uh, which is a, uh, not an A24 film, but it's directed by, uh, by James Gray, who did Lost City of Z. Um, and it is. Um, it is a very intriguing sci-fi film. Um, it's it is the the biggest comparisons that people are making uh, are to Interstellar. You know, guy goes um, 
you know, goes across the solar system in search of something. Um, and uh, so in that way, yes, it's in comparison, but it is a much, um, it's a much more um, intimate, close look at a person and at psychological distress um, and, and what some people are, are saying, you know, mental illness, but I, you know, that's, and that's possible as well. Um, but it is, um, it is a profoundly, it is profoundly humanist story masquerading as a solar system epic. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's fan, it's really fantastic, but you know, what's the most fantastic would be Brad Pitt's performance. I think it's the, it's maybe the best, um, performance he's ever given the most nuanced performance he's ever done. Um, he is at once, um, crazy and, uh, muted and soulful and, um, and introspective it's it's he's really 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 fantastic here so um but it's if you're looking for interstellar it would be like going into apollo 13 and expecting um uh, or and getting first man you know or something like that you know it's 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 a bit different it's more solaris um than than something else like dealing with the psychology um it's like if if uh, stanley kubrick directed moon or the martian or it's it's or malik or something like that directed those it's it's definitely hard sci-fi. Um, they have some hand wavy moments that didn't work very well. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's really, um, it's a really, really good movie. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. I'm certainly looking forward, uh, to it. Uh, so I appreciate that you didn't tell me that, you know, he dies at the end or something like that. No, I would never do that. Uh, so, my next thing. Oh, so com- my companion piece to that uh, is is that I- <laughs> I'm the one that's gonna break Be you guys' professional, Tyler. <laughs> Keep going. Now I'm just I'm letting it go. I'm like this is gonna be in there. Yeah. yeah so, so, here's, so here's what happened for those of you listening right now. Kate decided that she'd call me out on our messaging system during the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Totally have me break. And yes, they talked about the Andromeda evolution months ago, July something. It wasn't on the podcast. It was in the Slack messages. So that's, there it is. I remember this now. Yes, it's an Insta buy. I still say it, but I totally forgot it. Wow, that's amazing. I must have been in the middle of something. Oh, it's fine. Gosh. It's totally it's fine. okay. It's totally. This is why Kate's on the podcast is so she can keep us real. She keeps both of us, uh, yeah, very honest. Uh, my companion to Ad Astra though was I went to see 2001: A Space Odyssey on 70 millimeter film at the Cinerama in in Seattle, and Whoa. I'd never seen it on a, on a big screen before. Wow. It uh, and it was it just felt very you know very candy. So like where whereas Interstellar is the 21st century answer to 2001 I think mm-hmm. um, this is the you know the next step in in kind of what um, I think in what 2001 was trying to do which is which is also a very close film despite the fact that it's epic we get we get um, Brad Pitt's face is is very close up throughout most of Ad Astra we're following him we're looking at him more than we are looking at um, you know, the views of space. We're getting a psychological <laughs> profile of him. Um, he's pretty to look at. It's fine. Um, I'm but, glad uh, you think so. He's <laughs> not for me. <clears throat> well, you know, 
I, I think most people agree with you, Kate. He's not a very attractive person. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I think that's objectively true. Most people, most people say that Chris, Chris is nodding in agreement with me. Yep. He's Bud Pitt. okay. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it's all good. It's all good. It, it, everybody has their own thing. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but uh, but 2001 it was it was just very interesting to see those two films nearly in juxtaposition with one another that um, you know the cool thing with 2001 um, that is a sensory experience have you, either of you seen it on a screen bigger than your TV at home no which clearly I'm no. missing out well it, it's and and I it's not one of my favorite movies of all time you know I, I fully acknowledge it's an amazing you know Sacrilege. film it's, Okay. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just not my favorite. Two thousand one. It's, it's not the fine. one. <laughs> it's not the one that you sit down and go, "Hey, it's Friday evening. Let's watch two thousand one." But exactly. No, exactly. It, it it is a it is a wonderful watch. <laughs> I watched it in college. Yeah. For our like, I can't remember what it was. It was like not, like not a intro film to film. Yeah, that's what like mine that. was. And I was like, mm, I'm glad I watched that movie. Yeah. Now I'll move on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and really. I, I used to teach it in in a, a, a sci-fi in film class that I that I do like an elective that I do, um, but I'd never seen it on a big screen. I you know, it's always it's been on my laptop or it's been on you know my my TV screen at home. Sure. And so just the being able to see that you know it is you forget also how loud it is and like they've got a, a phenomenal sound system at this theater. And so just you forget the sound is such an important part of that film. So mm. anyway, all that to say like Ad Astra is very much in the vein of 2001, which may throw some people off, but it's, it's definitely more, you know, so it's more a slow burn. Happening. It's great for the big screen. It's very intimately focused on a character. Yeah. Um, and it's worth seeing. Is that what you're I saying? I really like say Ad Astra line? is worth seeing. It, it bombed. Um, it lost like $20 million, at least at this moment at the box office. Um, but, but I also don't think they, I don't know if, I don't think they sold it very well, but, but anyway, but it is worth seeing for Brad Pitt. Um, his performance but, in that. Well, then is you just told far, me not to watch it. <laughs> no, Brad Pitt in his, his performance in that one is one of his best ever. And so I, I, it's, it's completely worth seeing. So Kate, mm-hmm. Kate, Listen, you don't see movies just for the guy's looks, okay? I mean, there's there's more to Brad Pitt than just his his oh, beautiful face. There's okay? a moment in that movie, and I, but and don't I, okay. you know my theory about beautiful <laughs> actors that they become better actors when they become less pretty? Well, and and he oh, is so, he so has like Chris Hemsworth well, in uh, Endgame. Are you arguing yeah. he was really great in that Endgame? Chris Hemsworth. He was. I know. I'm saying Chris Hemsworth's a beautiful looking man, yeah. and then they made him ugly in uh, in Endgame. I'm thinking like Leonardo DiCaprio became a better actor when he wasn't this, you know, and Brad Pitt's on the track of becoming a better actor, but he's not there yet. Well, he's. Oh, I don't. Th- oh, shoot. First of all, I don't <laughs> throw down on Brad Pitt with being you guys. a great I'm, actor I'll always. Like. <laughs> Oh, right. You were yeah. like Legends uh, of the Fall uh, tattooing. Stop, stop getting so hot and bothered. <laughs> I got a little. I am messing there. with you guys. It's okay. <laughs> I will defend my love of Brad I'll, Pitt. I'll throw Brad Pitt that like as as a great actor all of the time. He is a phenomenal actor and all and has been. I will been, say I think, that he's all right. I am indifferent to him. He's not one wow. that I, I sit there and go. I will watch every movie he's in. We're gonna That's... do a Brad Pitt retrospective here on the Geek Card Check podcast, <laughs> in which you guys Tyler's thesis is I Brad Pitt the is the best actor in this movie. <laughs> Is he the only actor in this movie? <laughs> He's one of the few. Yeah. Uh, anyway, much. so anyway, okay. Last, 
last thing I would say, this doesn't need to be a big thing other than it is the final season of Supernatural coming out. Mm. Uh, is or it either has just started or is about to it's start. What, season fifty six or something. Season fifteen. Season 15. Wow, yeah. really? No 15? joke, season 15. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I started watching that in college, like, first season. Um, that that show, so I'm, I'm on a an abbreviated rewatch, because let's face it, I can't do 15 seasons in, you know, in X amount of time. But you but, can read an entire book in a day, so anyway, go on. Yeah, but you can't, anyway, that's a whole other thing. Just um, so my way of skimming is I, I'm just watching the highlights of, of seasons and stuff, I, other than uh, I... There's a couple seasons I think I really I missed parts of or something as when I was living. So every season, time so. Rory's first boyfriend's on screen doing whatever you watch, which would be all every episode. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's happening. I'm sure I'll I'll update people. Um, anything else that we wanna we wanna really highlight or talk about, or are we doing okay? Well, I don't know if we're okay. I mean, we, we've had some real ups. This has been a divisive <laughs> episode, guys. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be okay after this. Uh, so, listeners. I, honestly, I got called out on this episode <laughs> hardcore. And I, I feel called out and put upon. So, ladies and gentlemen, you have to tune in next week to find out if we've reconciled. If we've all survived yeah. and are back. I hate you all! <laughs> and on that note, Kate, take us home. All right. Um, so you can find us at Geek Card Check on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stop by, say hello. We had an interesting conversation on Twitter about Ex Machina. That uh, be interested to hear other viewers how they felt about where Mary's I room. got called wrong. Also, actually, Chris, you and I got called wrong. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I defended. Whoa, hang on. Hey, what was I Back up. What <laughs> did I miss? This another thing I missed on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> It's fine. It's, remember how we were ranting about the uh, the thought experiment that that we, that we didn't like in Ex Machina? What thought experiment? The, what are we talking the about? The lady that sees in color, or like in black and white, but then she sees in color, and we said that's that's like a watered down version of Plato's Cave. Well, I think you said that because you're more literate than I am. Yeah, yeah but, but you didn't I like agreed it. with you that it was a silly moment. It yeah. felt yeah, totally. Yeah. So wh- wh- whoever whoever said that it wasn't. It's just completely wrong. <laughs> well, you've got to go to Twitter and find out what was Who would that person even be? <laughs> no who idea. Would have, <laughs> who would have called us out? <laughs> Come on now. It's fine. It's fine. Um, anyway. <laughs> who would have <laughs> until <the> fortitude <laughs> next time <laughs> never start a land war in Asia? <laughs> what? Are we quoting? <laughs> Inconceivable! <laughs>